Man Talk Around the Watering Hole is brought to you by the Patriarchy. Ladies, leave the room, start some dinner, and allow the conspiracy to continue. Welcome to Man Talk Around the Water Hole. I'm your host, Pound for Bankerson. With me, as always, Chuck Thomas. Hey there, fellas. We're looking at the third part of our all-important episode about conflation, one of the most important tactics conservatives have been leaving out in the argument against leftists. Now, as we've said before in the past two episodes, leftists love to conflate things. They conflate everything they can possibly get their hands on. We're just here to name a few of those things, so that way you, as the concerned individual, can look out for these things when confronting one of these people. Now, the the next thing on this list, which is uh, not not too big of a list, is about nine long, but this is number seven. Uh, the uh, the next thing they conflate is language policing with being kind. You don't have to teach Republicans how to be kind. They simply practice it out in the rural and suburban areas just because that's what you have to do when you live with other people. Also, an armed society is a polite society. Liberals try to teach themselves how to be kind, but they can't, so instead they resort to language policing, which is a superficial way to look at it at best. Leftists are some of the rudest assholes in the world. What could be ruder, for example, than to take away other people's rights? Am I right? The policing of language acts as a band-aid over a very, very deep wound. In other words, it's useless. I want to start with uh, an armed society is a polite society. In my life, I've been to numerous gun shows, game shows, and gun ranges. I've never felt safer in my life than at any of these places. Everyone is super chill. Everyone is very friendly. Uh, you can now open carry, I think in national parks, it might be, uh, yeah, I think it's national parks. I open carried when we went to uh, uh, Yellowstone last year for vacation, so I open carried for the entire 12 days. Uh, drive there, drive back, right? The uh, the whole idea that guns are dangerous, they are dangerous. That's why you have rules and why you have uh, trigger control, which is something that uh, liberals apparently have no concept of. Every single time I've seen a congressman uh, hold up a weapon, they've always had their finger on the trigger like a fucking retard. I've taught six-year-olds not to do that. But the fact of the matter is, people are armed at all of these things. There are thousands of guns at them. I'm at a range. I'm three feet away from someone else firing a rifle. And there's 30 other people at the range with me. You know, we're all carrying a gun. There's, it's really not a big deal. You point it at the ground unless you're ready to kill something. Keep your finger off the trigger. Don't fuck around. Don't be silly. Just basic common sense stuff. I also went to a Second Amendment rally in Olympia, the Washington State Capitol, uh, which had maybe as much as 2,000 Second Amendment uh, uh, supporters. 
and uh, several candidates who are running for congressional seats, one of which was Phil Fortunato, uh, who is now running for governor of Washington. I'm a fan. This is who I'm going to be backing. Uh, I had previously known him. I actually took a class from him. Really nice guy. I agree with his politics. This is the guy who I say, uh, he says there's two parties. There is an evil party and a stupid party, and he belongs to the stupid party. He is trying, as I am, to pull the Republican Party party towards a fiscal responsibility and a libertarian, small government type of ideology. But uh, I, I chatted with him for about 20 minutes, and I went and I ended up talking to four cops. There's four cops off to the side. They're in a circle. They're chatting. And uh, I'm open carrying. I am wearing my Gadsden flag as a cape. Um, <laughs> like, a, like a big fat comic book guy from uh, The Simpsons, only with a gun. Yeah. And uh, I end up talking to these four cops, and I, and I wish I'd been doing this at the time because I probably would have recorded their, the conversation. And I said uh, something along the lines of, hey, fellas, you know, how's everything going today? Have you guys had any ruckus that you've had to break up? And they laughed at me. And they said, no, these, these, these things are always easy going. And we're very clear that they had, they saw zero threat out of these people. They were not concerned about anyone attacking them. They hadn't had to break up any fights. There was no violence at all. And uh, that is not the case with groups like Antifa, which they do have a lot of violence. And they do have to break up fights and they do have to arrest people because they're rioting and burning things. Um, it's not equivalent. And one of the other examples, you and I have been chatting about it off and on, you know, like the Westboro Baptists are the worst Christians in America. There's maybe 68 of them. Yeah, and about 100% of all the other Christians. And that's just, keep in mind, that's just rough statistics. But about 100% of all the other Christians think these guys are a bunch of annoying idiots. They think they're reprehensible assholes. They're, well, they're reprehensible assholes. They're annoying idiots. But that's all they are. They're a nuisance. They just come to people's graves and they, they, they yell fag or whatever. And they're, they're just assholes. They, they haven't actually physically harmed anybody. They, haven't, they certainly haven't killed anybody. They have committed no acts of violence. They're just shitty people. Yeah. Um, the the KKK. There's three to six thousand KKK members in the country. Um, they are denounced by the right, and they have typically, in the last few decades, not committed any violence. An armed society is a polite society. And these people are typically in the South, where people are armed, and uh, you know. Fuck around and find out is one of the uh, phrases I've heard thrown around by the uh, uh, Second, Amendment, Second Amendment supporters. You know, like, like, don't get in my face like these Antifa people who do commit acts of violence. And there are thousands of them. And they may or may not be armed. But there's, there's no denouncement from the left for these people. The right tends to be more country, tends to be armed, and tends to be significantly more polite and helpful and charitable because they as an individual have to help you. They as an individual may give you a ride. They as an individual may help you out with a meal. They as an individual may help you do something. 
Right, right, and it's all going. It, it, that's all going towards the uh, the betterness of people in suburban and rural areas. But uh, I mean, even even more interestingly enough, I've I've actually made comments on liberal pages or liberal liberal newspapers. A, a liberal mainstay in Seattle is this stranger, which I follow on Facebook, and I I love to. Uh, get articles from them, especially from Charles Mudidi, because sometimes I need a laugh. But um, I nevertheless did post on on one of their pages about how much better rural and suburban people were, and I got a few people who clicked the uh, the laugh button on it. Sure, and I got one reply though, and it was just one reply, and I would have loved to have read it because I imagine the person might have had some kind of contradictory thing to say. The problem is, is that I clicked on it just about as quickly as I, I could find it. And uh, it was, it, it had been long deleted, unfortunately. And that's what I think exactly happened is he goes, well, and then blah, 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 blah. And then he, and then he reads it back and he goes, oh yeah, that's, that's complete horseshit. Yeah. People in the city are pieces of shit because, because they, they just fucking are. I mean, you, the city is where you will experience people, and I, I say women especially, including my mom, where people just go crazy. They just they just say, "That's it, I'm done. I want to move out to the the Boone Tulies or or to a farm. I want to I want to move to a farm and have animals and raise animals, and I'm just around them all the time. And that's that's it. I've had enough of these fucking people." Get me the fuck out of here. I mean, there is there is a certain amount of desperation in people to leave the city. And you'll see it all the time. I mean, it, uh, Seattle's a nice city, by the way. Seattle's not usually one of the cities you more want to leave. But New York? Hell yeah. New York, you will, you will see hundreds of people. You, you probably meet every New Yorker and they would probably say at one point or another, yeah, I've thought about leaving the city and they never have. And, um, anyways, uh, I'm just throwing that out there as my personal commentary on them city folk versus people out in the country. One of the funny things about that, right? A lot of people say like, well, you're hemmed in by all that steel and concrete and of course you want to leave. You're not leaving the city. You're leaving the people in the city. Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly what I mean. Is that these people, every one of them I've met who've who've said these things about moving out to the country or moving moving really pretty much anywhere other than the fucking city, it's the people. It is the people. It is by far the people. It is only the people. <laughs> and uh you know, like uh I, I used to take the ferry in Seattle at the Coleman Dock from uh, Seattle to Bremerton and back. Uh, picking up or dropping off Aiden, and there are homeless people living in tents on the sidewalk. Uh, they ended up uh, cutting down the doors, the stall doors in the bathroom, because uh, homeless people were going in and shooting up and passing out in the bathrooms, so no one else could use them, one, and uh, two, now you have to break down the door to give Narcan to one of these overdosed fucking uh, uh, street wrecks. Yeah, and they're they're leaving needles all over the street. Right, just, just you can't wonderful. even call nine one one in Seattle and report the needles. They have a separate hotline for calling in needles. Of course, of course. <laughs> and, and you know that that whole needle exchange program. 
thought it was an awful idea. I had a friend uh, beat me on it where he just argued with me up and down. He said, you know, the needle exchanges decrease uh, HIV and, and more importantly, hepatitis. Hepatitis is the real thing that spreads amongst these groups. Yes. And there's a dozen other diseases, right? But it's, it ends up cutting down on these diseases. It ends up cutting down on how much those diseases then get treated by uh, some type of government agency, right? Mm-hmm. But there's supposed to be controls that you have to exchange your needles. You do not just dump them and then go get new needles, which is what these places almost always are doing. So we've had pictures in Seattle in the last couple of years where someone goes out and cleans up a park and they literally have a three foot, four foot high pile of needles, which mean the Northwest. It's like uh, one of the big ant piles you'd find in the mountain ranges only gets needles. It'll still bite you. Mm-hmm. It'll still bite you. It'll sting. Yes. But, uh, yeah, it's awful, awful. Yeah. Oh, those, believe me, those are much worse than fire ant bites. Much worse. There's a, there's an ant in the Amazon that supposedly its, its bite is worse than a gunshot. Ooh. Ooh. can only imagine. Anyways, uh, another thing liberals uh, like to conflate is liberty with equality. And this is this is kind of a doozy because you you'll hear you say equality is slavery, and of course liberals will rejoin you and say it couldn't be the opposite. Well, how does that pan out every time you you practice socialism or you? expand socialism, or let's say you want to make the whole government socialism. How many times has that panned out well for you? you know? Milton Friedman said a, a society that puts equality before freedom will get neither. A society that puts freedom before equality will get a high degree of both. And uh, he apparently visited Moscow and I forget who he said... Uh, made these uh, limousines. But he saw several limousines, and he said, oh, he had a, a translator and a guide, and he said, oh, how much are those limousines? How much do they sell for? And he said, oh, no, no, no. Those aren't for sale. Those are only for Politburo employees. Hmm. Because everyone's equal, but some are more equal than others. Clearly. Which, which is, the <laughs> fact of the matter is, it ends up impoverishing large quantities of people when you're, when you're searching for this equality, but will elevate a handful of people over everybody else. The inequality in the Western world and capitalist society still gives us a higher degree of wealth and freedom than any of the uh, former Iron Curtain countries. This, the second world is uh, the way that it's called. So right, right. It, Yugoslavia collapsed in the uh, late 80s, early 90s around the same time that the Soviet Union did. It broke into six countries, and each one of them ran things a little bit differently. The ones that tried to have a big social net, those had a hard time recovering. The ones who became a more free market are the ones that are excelling now. I want to say Croatia is one of them, where where people go there. uh, It has a thriving tourist industry. But their people are now reaching these Western European ideals. They are, they are getting wealth that their other Yugoslavian, uh, former Yugoslavian, Yugoslavian brethren still do not have. 
Yeah. So you may now have a car. I remember I have friends who were Romanian who, uh, if you took Levi's home when they visited, you could trade a pair of Levi's for a car. Hmm. Which blows me away. <laughs> that the Romania was a complete clusterfuck, and now they're yeah. they're they're doing pretty well because their economy has opened up. The equality that everyone is searching for is not possible to be reached. It's not possible to be reached, and it's actually the opposite effect of what happens in a in a free society. A free society frees you up to achieve actually inequality. It's just that what freedom does is that it, it makes you strive towards what I would call a just inequality, wherein the person who works harder is going to get more stuff. That's just what it is. You pr- you're more productive, you're going to get more stuff. And that's, uh, I-, I believe that's, that's what we also call justice. So equality stands both against liberty and justice. You used an important four-letter word here, just. Fair is a four-letter word that's just like fuck, right? Sure. It's a foul word because it's not a good word. Mm-hmm. Just is a good word. Justice is a good thing. Fair is not. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my sister is half, was, now she's probably a third my size, but growing up she was half my size. If we split things in half, it would have been fair. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't have been just, but it would have been fair. I clearly needed more. The only time communism works is within a family. Yeah, right, right. I mean, that's that's exactly what we do. Is I mean, everybody, in a sense, practices a small communism whenever they start a family. And by the way, families and starting families, we encourage and we, we call the, all the, these things a very good thing because family is your pr- best prote- protection against everything. It's your best protection against your peers. It's your best protection against your employers. It's your best protection, most importantly, against the government. Now, now, that's exactly what communism is trying to get you to throw out. Communism wants you to throw out your family completely and just rely on the government. It wants you to throw out family, religion, you know, everything. It really wants you to throw everything out. Just so that way you can be a chattel for the government, and so, and this is this is this is the weird thing that leftists are calling uh, liberty. They're, this is a weird thing that they say should set us free when it'll actually put more shackles on us. If anything, if you take a Bernie Sanders in this world, for example, and he sees somebody making fifty thousand dollars a year, and then he sees another person and he makes ninety thousand dollars a year, he says that's not fair. You know, one of them makes more than the other. Why is that? You know, that, that, that shouldn't be. And so he thinks, in his mind, that having them both earn $20,000 a year, where they're both doing worse off, is okay, because at least it's fair. And that's a big problem. Uh, uh, that, to me... Is, is a major problem. Well, the, the irony is, it, it, this, is a, this is a cheat. They tell you family is bad, and, and this, is, this is a legit thing. This is actually how communism works. You, you don't want to have any loyalty towards your family. You don't want to have any loyalty towards individuals. You're only allowed to have loyalty to the government. They're trying to replace 
religion and family with government. That they're not saying, they're not just getting rid of it, they're replacing it. And it's led to some of the biggest atrocities the world has ever seen, and it was widespread. This happened several different times in several different places. It's always led to extreme poverty. It's always led to tragedies, atrocities. The, uh, the, the, I believe, because every society in world history has had it, that faith and religion are part of the human condition. You cannot remove them, and I'm sure Burke says something about that. You can't take religion out of the picture. You can reform religion, and you should, mm-hmm. but you can't take it away. And, and the quest for equality cannot be a variable like race or gender mm-hmm. or, or age or, or whatever statistic, demographic you want to break these into. The smallest and the largest minority is the individual. So you're up against everybody else, and they're all up against you. And there's no other society in the world. I I had a friend. I worked for him. Um, He managed the restaurant, one of the restaurants that I worked at. He actually ended up leaving right after he hired me. I never got to work with him. Uh, He ended up buying his own restaurant. And I think this is significant because he was a Guatemalan and he had escaped here, immigrated legally, but he had to escape across several countries and immigrated legally, learned English here, went to college, got married, started a business. So he did follow the American dream. He did it the right way. And, uh, and, I, and I, I want to uphold our immigration laws at the same time that I absolutely hold empathy for all of these people trying to get here. It just doesn't justify all of them trying to get here. And quite honestly, I want to get, fuck if I can remember his name, damn it. I would, I would get a million of this guy. He's fantastic. And every one of these people that comes across that's like that, I, we absolutely want to see them. But I don't think that he is representative of this group. I think he is representative of a, a good chunk of this group there's a large chunk of it that is very violent and very dangerous that we don't want here but the point is we have an upwardly mobile society and this man wouldn't have been able to find this anywhere south of him and he wouldn't have even had to have learned a new language to go south he would not have had the upward mobility in any other country in the western hemisphere except for here This is the golden goose. The golden goose is capitalism. And I had another point I wanted to go off on. Right, right. It's it's the it's the American dream, and and it's so so ubiquitous in the world that people who achieve it abroad still call it the American dream. That's uh, that's that's one of the most amazing things about this country. Besides. Just about everything else about this country. I mean, once again, we are the only truly multi-ethnic society in the world. We are the only state in the world that's not uh, ethno-based. You know, um, all these these sort of considerations have to be made in the hand whenever you whenever you consider uh, the United States. And usually, the the left wants to throw out all those good things and just pretend like 
only the bad things ever happen. Oh, the good things. Oh, we never did those. Those things were automatic. Those things were going to happen anyway. No, they fucking weren't. Hong Kong is not flying the Union Jack right now. Yeah, yeah. The protesters in Hong Kong are flying American flags. Right, they're not... We are the symbol of freedom, even for, for where we've slipped up. Yeah, it's it's not the Union Jack. It's not the hammer and sickle, you know. It's not the uh, the rising sun. And know. it never will be. Yeah, no, no. It never will no, be. Absolutely, absolutely fucking not. But um, anyways, another... The, the inequality stuff, like we were talking, like... The, the, the interesting thing is, uh, I had another friend, he was a, I can't remember if he was a professional hockey player or if he was semi-pro, um, but he, my first job in apartment maintenance, he came in, he had just started a business of carpet cleaning, um, and, and this was his first contract with apartments that he ended up getting, so, so we were both starting at the same time, and, and he was talking about, I will be a millionaire at 30 years old, he must have been, I think, 25 or 26. He wanted to have 15 to 30 trucks, wanted to be a millionaire. Now, as it is, he ended up not being a millionaire. And he said uh, he ended up having a couple of kids. He had one employee who drove a truck for him. And he said, you know, like, well, it turned out it was more important to me that I could cut out at 3 o'clock and go to my kid's baseball game than then it was money. that I work and make money. Yeah. But... It was because of his ability to create a business that he was able to get that flexibility to work for his life. And, and the fact of the matter is, there's a certain amount of uh, of money that he probably would have gone to work for. But it apparently would have been a lot more money for him to find it to be more worthwhile than that time with his son. Mm-hmm. The point being is, you're not going to find that as easily in other societies, in these equal societies. You have to work harder because things aren't as efficient. The, the, the market makes millions upon millions of self-corrections every day. That's why the price of gas will go up and down seven times in a week. Mm-hmm. You'll watch one store go up and down seven times. It's because the price goes up and down every day, and you, you can't always predict it. Mm-hmm. The, the fact of the matter is, commodities, which is what everything that you're buying is, mm-hmm. commodities have a value that you get to decide upon, and it's utility. Yeah. So you can say, I really want a new car. I do. I want to buy, buy a Jeep. Now, I can decide because regardless of what Bernie Sanders think, thinks, there's... I don't know, 200 different options for me to buy a vehicle in the United States. And I can decide anywhere from buying a used, uh, you know, Geo Metro up to buying, probably couldn't get a six-figure car even on a loan, but point being is I'd probably afford a $40,000 Ram truck if I wanted one or whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't. I'll probably get something... In the middle, I'd like to get a Jeep. It's probably going to be a used Jeep, but I get to make that decision. And depending on how the economy is doing, and depending upon how I'm doing in that economy, I can decide, am I going to go ahead and pay $35,000 for a brand new Jeep Cherokee? Or am I going to get their, I think it's a Renegade, their base model, their lowest model. Uh, maybe I'll pay uh, $15,000, a used one. Mm-hmm. Depends what I want to do. 
I have that option, I have that flexibility, and you don't necessarily get that ability in all of these other economies. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyways, uh, uh, moving on on this list, the uh, the last thing we wanted to talk about that leftists conflate is the right wing with fascism and Nazism. Now, this one's a doozy in big part because there's no such thing as the far right here in the United States. I think there might be a far right abroad because they they have their own separate constitutions and stuff like that but here in the United States there is a left there's a far left there's a center there is a right and then there are constitutionalists and that's fucking it that is all there is that's because fascism nazism socialism communism and a whole slew of other isms involve growing the government to massive size and all of this is antithetical to anybody who holds fidelity or holds true to the Constitution. They also involve the most empty promises because the only way you can get the people to give up their freedom is with outrageous and always bullshit promises. Nationalists may not be half of white nationalists, but Nazism is half of National Socialism or Actually, it's all of National Socialism. The only reason Bernie calls his socialism democratic is because National and Soviet were already taken. And uh, it's the same thing. It's, it's not so clever, the rebranding that he's done. Uh, he's finally being honest that he's going to raise taxes on people, and he thinks that it's going to solve problems and save money, and that's just not, that, that has never shown itself to be the case. Of course. And, and this goes right back to my point. Safety nets don't really take into account the, the fact that healthcare is a commodity. Mm-hmm. And going back to the analogy that I used about the car, uh, I have arthritis. I have psoriatic arthritis. It is in my pelvis. It is in my spine. Mm-hmm. Part of my spine is fused together. I have lost almost two inches of height. It has uh, crippled me. I have been on a cane off and on. I am in recovery now. It has been a long and slow process, and it will never fully happen. Part of my spine is fused together. Now, I have been treating this on my own, and because I'm using an experimental procedure, I had to pay out of pocket. I've had to pay $850 for platelet-rich plasma to be injected into my pelvis and my lower back, and I've had great response to it. Uh, Message us at a uh, man talk around the watering hole on Facebook and I'll tell you all about it. The uh, The fact of the matter is in 15 years this is the first treatment that I found that was successful. Uh, and you don't necessarily have the ability without capital to try new things, to experiment, to do studies. That's why so much innovation medically is coming from the United States. We drive medical innovation and we do so because of capitalism. There's this massive amount of stagnation in the economy of uh, China and uh, the Soviet Union. That that is why the Soviet Union collapsed. It just can't continue to grow. You, You aren't producing enough. In the United States, people are pissed off because of inheritance. That's not something that exists in, in the communist system. So, even, even lower income people are able to pass money on to their children in our system. 
houses and cars and boats and vacation homes and cabins. These aren't things that exist in the rest of the world. Well, I mean the, the cabins and the vacation homes and stuff. The boats. You know, you're not going to be able to pass a massive home on to your children in other countries, but you very typically would here in the United States. The, the ability to have a system adjust to everyday cost lets everybody make their own choices, which is the whole utility thing. You get to decide what is more important. And I got to put off my health care for my education. And once I had my education taken care of, I had a better job, I was able to spend money on health care and able to throw a whole bunch of money at it. I will hopefully be buying a new car in the next year and a home within a year or two after that. I'm waiting for the next recession. That's not something that I would have been able to do if I had to rely on a government uh, health care. I actually was on it when I was in college because I didn't want to get uh, charged for it, taxed for it. So I was on Apple Care, which did not pay for chiropractic. It did not pay for physical therapy. Um, I, I was not able to do anything on it. Now, I'm able to get 99 massages, massage and physical therapy appointments a year because of private insurance. I'm able to get uh, chiropractic. I'm able to get basic health care. I have a phenomenal health care system that far exceeds what you would find in any type of social system. The VA doesn't hold a candle to what I get. And, and this should be noted that you get a better product from the private system. And the thing that really holds back our private system is we are protecting the entire world with our military. So if you want to see the rest of the world collapse, all these places that are using these social systems, let them start paying for both their health care and their defense and let us cut back on our defense. Trust me, you're going to have an easier time paying for your own health care and getting what you want because you're not wasting so many trillions of dollars on a defense. And to me, what builds up to this system is conservatism. And what conservatism means to me is that responsibility, and I'm talking about personal responsibility, guides conservatives as individuals. Uh, that, that, can be, uh, that can be personal responsibility. That can also be responsibility for others. Uh, we as individuals um, in an ideal world are uh, developing ourselves. We develop ourselves into better people. Uh, we develop ourselves into richer people. We develop ourselves into maybe having even more possessions. And I know materialism is very, very unpopular with, uh, with liberals. And, and certainly you do like to say that... Um, there's a certain amount of money where you can say you've, you've had enough, and I've, I love you putting a cap on the amount that I can earn. Thank you very much. But uh, anyways, these, these develop also the people around them, and they almost always have to because you end up saying, well, hey, I have to take responsibility for my family, or I have to take responsibility for my friends, or I have to take responsibility for my parents, or I have to take responsibility for my kids. And uh, even if you take responsibility for nobody, you can still be a, a huge contributor in the system in that you say, 
well, I have to take responsibility for myself. I have to grow my company. I have to expand. So therefore, I have to hire a bunch of people. And by hiring those people, you have positively, presumably, impacted their lives, given them more skills to work with, and given them, more importantly, pay and a sense of their own independence for themselves. So thus, personal responsibility and independence drives us individually. But on top of that, what I would, what I would also say is that unity guides us as a, as a collective. And that unity is what keeps us from lashing out at each other, from attacking each other, from eating each other, if you will. Which, as you know, it's a, it's a very, very heartfelt stance in this show that the left eats its own. You know, Brett Weinstein was not mincing words when he said, uh, if you get asked, uh, does the left eat, eat its own, there's only two ways to answer. One is yes, and the other one is yes, of course it is, you know. Um, so, um, but but that's what you, you ultimately end up with with leftism is that you you have a scattered people, you have a divided people, you have a divisive people, and you have no real sense of unity at all. Which which really puts you in the position of expecting the government to care about you, and then on top of that, expecting the president not only to be thinking about you, but uh, not to sell you. Let's say down the river for a nickel. Somebody actually told me President Trump would sell me down the river for a nickel without thinking twice. And, um, you know, I'm amazed that you appeal to me individually. And I'm amazed that you think I have the audacity to think that the president of the United States, who's looking out for 300 and, you know, some odd million people, however many million, millions of people, hundreds of millions of people are in this great country. That you think I have the audacity to believe that the president should care about me personally. You know, first of all, I don't think he's even thinking about me. But second of all, I don't think he would sell me down the river for a nickel. I think he'd probably get a lot more money for that. And I'd respect him a lot more if he did. Uh, but but third of all, I think honestly, you know, if, if, if you wanted me to answer, does, does Donald J. Trump care about me? Well, I think if I went and shook his hand and said, hey, I very much admire your presidency. I love the things you're doing for this country. I think you've been great for the economy. Uh, jobs have been get, getting thrown at me practically in this, in this booming economy. Unemployment is at an all-time low with all these people. And you are doing so much good in such, a, in such an objective way. You know, that uh, I can't help but, but admire you and think that you're one of the great presidents. I think he would gladly shake my hand and say, thank you. Thank you very much. And I, I'm glad to have you as a, as a constituent. You know, I'll just put it that way. Fair enough. I don't expect him to hand out money to me. I don't expect him to give me a welfare check. I don't expect him to give me free health care. I don't expect him to invite me over to Trump Tower even. You know, I expect him to do the job of president, and I expect him to serve, not me, but the people. And once again, that's that, that's that unity I was talking about. I am unified with not only conservatives, but with the people at large, because I love this country, and I want it to succeed. And that's, that's pretty much my thought at the end of the day for what all this conflation is, and what leftists are doing to once again, divide us. 
This has been a Watering Hole production. No unicorns were hurt during the recording of this production. Some feelings were, but that's okay because they're about as real as those unicorns. For memes and bonus content, join us at facebook.com slash MTA TWH. These are the gentlemen of Man Talk signing off. Godspeed. Godspeed.